Inclusion and kindness. Those are some of the topics that we talk about today in the Autism Outreach Podcast. Welcome to episode 127. I am your host, Rose Griffin, and I had the absolute pleasure of talking with Sandy and Ben Hartramped. They are really a dynamic duo, and they are spreading the idea of positivity and advocacy in the field of autism. Ben is a 24-year-old young man who was diagnosed with autism at the age of two. And at that time, he only knew 20 words and everything was a safety issue, Sandy mentions. Um, He received his diploma, has several part-time jobs, one of them being Eagles game day staff. And he talks about that, which sounds really, really fun. He earned his driver's license and he treats everyone he meets like a rock star, which I can say that he absolutely does that. He really is a bright spot in the field. He has had the amazing experience of carrying the Lombardi trophy to start the ring ceremony for the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. Uh, His dreams came true on October 2018. He was invited to be a guest on The Ellen Show and promote autism awareness and funding for research. And something that I find really fascinating is he recently traveled solo to California and won big on The Price is Right. Traveling solo is really overwhelming for me and a lot of people. So, Ben, I really admire all that you're doing. Sandy has been an RN for over 39 years, and she now works at the very hospital that diagnosed Ben with autism at the age of two. She's the proud mom of three wonderful grown sons, and she just wrote a book, Swinging from the Chandelier, Finding Joy in the Journey Through Autism. On this episode, we talk about Ben. We talk about his advocacy efforts. We talk about his dreams and hopes for himself and autism as a whole. This is such an inspiring and positive episode. I'm excited for us to dig on in. You're listening to Autism Outreach Podcast, a podcast full of ready-to-use strategies to help those with autism strengthen their communication skills. Here's your host, Rose Griffin of ABA Speech, a speech therapist and board-certified behavior analyst who shares tips you can use in your next therapy session. Thanks so much for joining us on episode 127 of the Autism Outreach Podcast. We have a great episode today. Today, we have with us Sandy and Ben Hartramped. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm excited to have you on. Thank you so much. We're really excited to be here. Yeah. And I was excited. Sandy had reached out to me um, over email, but when she reached out and I kind of looked up you and Ben, I was like, yeah, I mean, I I know these people. Like I've seen you on TV or on the, you know, the internet. I talk about social media a lot here uh, at ABA Speech because when you have an online business, well, you know, you have a book and you're doing all the great advocacy, Ben. Um, you know, you're on YouTube and you're on Instagram and all TikTok and all the things. So, um, so I'm excited to meet you in uh, real life. So, so I know that you'll probably maybe take turns answering some of these questions, but um, can you tell us a little bit about you and your journey into the autism world? So we have three boys, Ben's the youngest of three. And, you know, life was really busy with three boys and I missed a whole lot of stuff, but he walked late, but still within the guidelines. But when he got to be two, he just didn't have enough words. And Mm -hmm. so I was looking at my other son's baby book. I'm like, wow, he was speaking in sentences. And all Ben would say were 20 words and they were all nouns and they were all food. That was it. (laughs) So you could tell what was important to him. And so one day I was at work and a speech therapist was standing next to me and I said, do you do speech children, children's speech here? And she said, well, we do. 
go, but why? And when I told you, I said, oh, no, no, you have to call the intermediate unit, which in Pennsylvania is like early intervention. Okay. She said, they'll come out and they'll do an evaluation. And I was so focused on the speech. I missed how delayed he was in fine motor, how delayed he was in gross motor. Like, I, you know, I just, I missed all of it. Yeah. And they're like, nope, he really needs to have services. And then it took four months to get an appointment with a developmental pediatrician to get an official diagnosis, which seemed horrible to me. Now it's a year and a half. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's crazy. Four months would have been a dream like today. Mm-hmm. That's kind mm-hmm. of how we got launched on our journey to autism. Okay. So were those some, did you have, were those, were there some signs then just kind of, cause you were busy. Like I have three kids of my own. I actually been, I was the baby in my family, but there were four of us. And so I kind of get what's going on in your household at the time. It's just, you're just flying by the seat of your pants, especially if you're like working full time. It's like, what's, what's going on? What's happening? Um. So, okay. So kind of like not saying a whole lot of words that they were food related, right? You're kind of been able to like orient to like what you needed at the time and things like that. So that's good. Um, were those some of the early signs that you noticed or was there anything else? Because some of my, I've had, um, actually we just had an episode air today with Zulika Williams. She's really a wonderful mom and she has an autistic son, but she was just sharing some of the early signs about, you know, not talking a lot and, but then some things, you know, playing with objects in a certain way. Were there any of those other signs or you, maybe you just didn't even know anything about autism before Ben got diagnosed? So when he was 18 months old, we thought he was deaf. So he'd be sitting and we would say his name. He didn't even acknowledge. We're like, oh my gosh, he can't hear. And then when we got checked out, they said it was perfectly fine. But nobody said, all right, that's okay. But there's some other reason why he's not acknowledging. We we now know he had no idea what the word Ben meant. Like he didn't know what it So I kind of got missed. Um, So missed that going on. And then like the pediatrician kept blowing me off because I kept telling her, it just doesn't feel right. And she's like, oh, boys walk late. They talk late. His brothers are doing stuff for him. You hear that over and over again, right? And then he finally got diagnosis. It was like, oh my gosh, look how he gets up off the ground. He's like flopping over himself. He has such a low core. But again, Mm -hmm. I wasn't zeroed in on any of that because I just didn't expect to have a problem, right? Right. Yeah, that's hard. And now, you know, they they say... I mean, I've been in the field 20 years. And when I started doing trainings about 10 years ago, they would say the incidence rate was one and 252 wow. or something and, and four to one boys. But now the CDC it's just changed. Yes. Just, you saw that, Ben. One, one in 36. I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is just wild. So we all know somebody with autism <laughs> and and are here to support them. So thanks, Ben, for letting your mom share all that information about your journey. That really just helps people so much. Just knowing like we I haven't had a parent say like, well, I thought maybe my child was hard of hearing, but that makes so much sense. Right. He probably was. You're probably just doing your own thing, Ben. Weren't really interested. Right. And interacting yeah. with other people. And so he his own language. So he did a lot of vocalizing, but mm-hmm. it was so just a lot of blabble and so we would talk with his little animals and stuff yeah a lot of frustration because he couldn't communicate so that's where right. all the tantrums came from because he was trying to get something across and we had no idea what he what he meant either so that was kind of hard yeah that's that is really hard so ben with you so i was a school-based speech therapist for 20 years ben wow. i worked i the past 10 i worked in middle school high school that was just i miss it i i left last may to um do my business full-time and really just to be more present for my own three kids but um i do a little bit of therapy here and there. But I love that middle school, high school range. Um, so Ben, I'm wondering what was helpful for you? What supports were helpful for you when you were in school? Um, speech therapy and OT, um, third and fourth grade, the school said you're probably never going to read or write. And God provided me to the right reading person at the right time. And it was called the Talk Institute. 
And the woman actually, I went from a kindergarten to a second grade reader. Miss Nicole oh. really taught me how to read and write. Oh. And that school is right near my dad's company called SAP. Oh, nice. Okay. So you went to, so Ben, did you go to regular public school and then go to this other talk institute as well? Yeah. So it, early intervention went to some special classrooms. Then he was in our district for a period of time. Yeah. And- just kept spinning their wheels. And so I became an expert in reading materials as well, because in the midst of his diagnosis, my middle son was diagnosed with dyslexia. So comprehending fourth grade material, able to read kindergarten material. So that was like, oh my gosh. So they kept trying to get him to just memorize words. And that's just so ineffective. And so finally the right person came along and we, we found this method that really broke it down to those phonetic, learning a phoneme, writing it, encoding it, decoding it putting it together really systematically and it just broke it open for him. So really, really grateful for, for that reading program that actually worked. And then after we kind of got that, we got back to district and we were able to finish in our own school district. Oh, you were. Oh, that's really nice. So Ben, when you were in school, did you do any type of, this is what I always loved, um, like vocational training or so when you were like older in high school, did you try any jobs and job sample or I'm just curious what that was like? Going through um, my senior year, we did like little job training stuff for one period. And then going through post-12, I love volunteering, but I didn't like Siemens. Siemens was not my <laughs> So, you know, they do that little assessment. So he yes. served manufacturing. Whatever that meant in his brain was not what manufacturing was. And they made him sit and package nuts and bolts. And he's like, I know. But he had a different idea of what he thought that was going to be. But uh-huh. it's all exposure, right? And then yes. he found so many of his own job placements, like our local Chick-fil-A. He's like, I want to work at Chick-fil-A. So yeah. he was a job manager and he set up a lot of his own job training, which was great. Because oh, that's, I, that's that's like, well, I drive and I said, hey, I, I just, and and then I started working at an ABA place with Brenda. Yeah, yeah um, a local ABA place. It hired him for a period of time. Yeah, which was pretty cool. And then... Oh. um. The unemployment rate for autism is 80%, which is really scary and sad. Um, It is. And I wish like more companies did more trainings Mm. on autism. And that's really like my goal is to go into corporations and companies and say, how are you handling people with special needs in the workplace? Mm -hmm. Like why are we excluding people instead of including people with special needs? Mm. Yeah. You know, I wonder if you know... um after we air here, I'll have to connect you with some of my friends, but have you ever heard of Dr. Carrie Magro? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. He he was on my podcast um, during the first uh, season and he, uh, I just love Dr. Carrie Magro, yeah. but I, I found out about him on TikTok, believe it or not. So I have a TikTok for my, for my business and he had this video that just blew up and got millions of views. And I think that's probably how I saw it, but you know, he wasn't really speaking a lot when he was four and then, you know, he's gone on to do a lot of great things, but I know that the employment thing is something that he definitely talks about. So, um, oh, interesting. I love that. Um, so Sandy, do you have any advice for parents who have a child with autism or an autistic child? So really the message I always want to send right off the bat is it's not your fault. There's so much guilt as a mom that just goes with our you know job description. Mm-hmm. And when I was in nursing school, they were still teaching that whole refrigerator mother theory where, <laughs> you know, the child felt excluded and rejected. It's my fault. So we know that that is not true, but I think it's a really important message that you didn't do anything to cause this. Um, And I spent a lot of time spinning my wheels trying to figure out why it happened. And then we we just kind of put that to bed and said, all right, now we're going to do a lot of research projects to kind of pay it forward. So maybe Mm -hmm. we can make it 
comes to somebody yeah. else. The other thing I loved growing up with Ben was we got involved with Special Olympics. Mm -hmm. And while he played basketball, I sat and talked to the moms. So mm -hmm. I would encourage parents to find other parents that are just a little heady on the journey because they are filled with a wealth of knowledge. And, and some people just aren't even aware of what services are out there that they're missing, right? So being able to have somebody, you don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. Yeah. And I think nowadays with social media, it's just, I feel like parents just get abused online if they like ABA or if they don't like ABA. I feel like or, there's so much. Yeah. With Autism Speaks, like they say, oh, we don't like the puzzle piece. I'm like, right. what uh -huh. the heck is the ribbon? Or am I a person with autism? <laughs> I'm autistic. And our philosophy is I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. If anybody's right. bringing awareness to this, more power to you, right? We're so thankful for anybody that's doing the, the work. Right. And I'm not trying to be rude. I just yeah, wanted to no, say that's no. A good point. No. Yeah. no, I think that's a good point. And you know what, Ben? I had um I actually had Thomas McKean on my podcast. You'll have to listen to that episode. It was last summer. And Thomas McKean is an autistic adult. I mean, he's in his 60s now. So he actually lives wow. here in Ohio. And he was part of the conversations along with people like, I think, Temple Grandin and things like that. And Autism Speaks, there was like a cohort of autistic adults that helped to create and talk about the puzzle piece, which I know has now fallen out of popularity. And people are so polarized on their opinion on that. But I did do a whole podcast episode with him. And, you know, he's an interesting guy. You guys should connect with him. He, um, at the time, uh, a while ago, I think he was even on Oprah and he wrote a book and he's talked about autism. Now he's kind of like in his retirement phase, I feel like. Um, but he was nice enough to come on the podcast and just talk about the autism ribbon and why it was created. And I think that anything, like it's a science, right? Like we ebb and flow and things change. It doesn't, I'm the same way. I'm like, you know what? Oh, if you look, poor moms that got tattoos with puzzle pieces on like, you know, it's, it's I know like, people like that. Yes. <laughs> I know. I know a BCBA <laughs> who has an autistic child who has a tattoo of a puzzle piece here. And it's just right. like, Oh it's, gosh. Yeah. I know. It doesn't upset me. Well, <laughs> my thing is we actually had Temple Grinder on our show. Yeah, we were able to talk to her. She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually called her up and she said, Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> I know I need to have her on. I did talk, I did hear her speak once and it was really, it was really good. So that's I know she does podcasts. Yeah, I need to I, she she's on my amazing. list. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I and love her it. Her story is incredible. I also wanted to, I forgot to say this earlier how much we care about speech therapists because when Ben was like just start, first starting and mm -hmm. couldn't get that speech going it took six months to get speech therapy and mm -hmm. in our state our own insurance wouldn't pay for it they would pay for restorative speech but not developmental speech mm -hmm. so we have thankfully secondary insurance that picked that up but that made no sense to me so we went mm -hmm. to CHOP which is the hospital I work at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and the very first session Miss Paula sat Ben down and I said you know he'll only speak single words she goes what do you mean he won't speak in sentences and she pulled out this game and it was so exciting for him and by the end of that sentence session he was saying i want cookie or i want bread yeah. and she's like right, this week you don't give him one thing unless he says i want <laughs> but that broke it open right so yeah. it just that right professional at the right time to really help him and i still so talked to her on facebook she is amazing we love miss paula <laughs> i need to get together for her for lunch sometime I do. that's I do. nice yeah i love that that's i have one uh former client he friended me on facebook too and it's it's fun he's like an adult now i love that um so ben what advice do you have for other autistic adults my advice is go be kind 
go be the one. That's our company motto. Um, don't be afraid to ask because you never know what you're going to get in life if you don't ask. You know, a quick story. I was in eighth grade and I said, Mr. Fink, I don't want to ride the special ed bus because every when I was a kid, I was always on a special ed bus and mm-hmm. I didn't know why I was on a regular ed bus. Yeah. And one day I asked and he said, because if you have good behavior, then I want you to ride the regular ed bus. Yeah. And he put a plan together. And he said, look, you have to show me that you can navigate through the school without getting lost and getting right to class on time. And he made him practice for a couple of weeks and then he advocated for himself. And then from then on, he rode the regular ed bus. So that was very cool. That was important to him. That's yeah, that's really great, you know, because as a speech therapist and when I was working with middle school, high school students, we would develop self-advocacy goals and the bus can be bus can be hard (laughs) for a lot of reasons. But even so, we did a lot of social skills talking about the bus, too, because the bus is a whole other area. But that's really Mm -hmm. great. I love that that works, because sometimes when you're working with middle school and high school students, sometimes it's hard to know what is functional? Like, how can I help my students? So I think this is really good for professionals to hear, you know, those goals are really important, like self-advocacy and being able to speak up for yourself and and do that confidently. So I really love that. Um, so can both of you or, you know, whoever wants to s- share, can you tell us about your advocacy efforts and kind of what you're doing in the community? Because it sounds like you're doing a lot of great stuff. So we started our own company called Better Two One Presentations after being on the Ellen show. Um, <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool. Um, Schools have reached out and they say, can you come share your story? Can you come share your story? And then one day, because we talked about the 80% unemployment rate, my mom was saying, you get a full-time job, you go to college, do this. And I'm like, no, I'd rather do public speaking. And she goes, oh, okay. So we went a different direction, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So he was really successful. He's so good in front of a crowd. It doesn't matter yeah. how big or small. He just loves to tell his story. And he really is sharing that message of inclusion and kindness. Mm-hmm. And, and that resonates with everybody, whether you're neurodiverse or neurotypical. Mm-hmm. And he, he, people just tell us that's the best assembly, it's the best keynote we've ever heard, and he's just really well received. So then we're like, well, how do we how do we take this forward? So we did start our own company so that he can do that, and that's his full time job now. So the rest of us do like the backstory part, and then kind of makes the cold calls and and kind of gets the clients, and then we kind of do all the little details, and then he goes and does these amazing things. But his passion is really to just increase awareness. Um, and and help people understand that autism isn't necessarily a, a bad thing. You no. know, like people have different gifts and they're using them for for the good. No, and and I love my company and I love what I do, and I love um, we. I spoke at Chick Fil A's headquarters. <laughs> oh, did you? Down in Atlanta, that was so amazing. that story. I actually reached out to. Um, I'm not afraid to reach out to anybody, so I reached out to Marianne and I said, "Hey, I really want to make this happen." And we're going to be in Atlanta. Is there any way? And she goes, oh, let me connect you with somebody. So she connects me with somebody to somebody to somebody. <laughs> yes. And a lot of companies have um, a diversity you know, person yeah. or they have um, employee resource groups. Mm-hmm. And so they have like a cohort. So we met so many people at Chick-fil-A that didn't know anybody else in the company had somebody with autism in their life. So right. they were able to reconnect and learn and yeah. grow from people that they wouldn't have necessarily yeah. met. So it's just very cool. And then Nova Nordis, I was at a park one day and I talked to these girls and she goes, oh, I'll, I'll talk to my dad. And they brought me into their company. Nova Nordis is a pharmaceutical company that makes insulin nearby. That oh, wow. Great. That's really, I love that. So I do have to ask, so what was it like to be on the Ellen show? Like, was that it was amazing? My mom is a Debbie Doubter. She says, I don't think it's going to happen. And it did. <laughs> Well, he just woke up one day and he said, I think I'd like to be on the Ellen DeGeneres show. <laughs> oh, why would that ever happen? Like, I, I, I don't try to be a doubter. I just didn't yeah. see any 
reason why it would happen. Um, and after three years, he had many, many people and some of his advocacy work with our Philadelphia Eagles made that yeah. connection. And then when they reached out, they told him he wasn't really going to meet her, that he was just going to like do a YouTube thing and they would let him be in the audience. So if you've seen the video, that's John why his me. reaction was so genuine. He screamed <laughs> when he actually got to meet her. Right? <laughs> it was amazing. I've been on the prices, me. right? Yeah, oh really? Yeah, oh, so I want to hear about to, that. I went to California by myself. I get one trip per year, and my mom's like, "I don't think it's gonna happen." My brother went up to bat with you, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I got into a car accident in my old car, but then mm -hmm. we had to tow it because of the insurance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I get out there, and I we love watching that show. So I yeah. got a ticket for the audience. I went in, and then they called my name, and I won sixteen thousand dollars. <laughs> gosh that's amazing so congratulations he really wanted to travel by himself and we said you know you can have one trip but you have to plan it you have to stick to a budget you have to figure it all out and we figured you know tri-state area he'll pick new jersey new york now california it's like oh my gosh so his other his middle brother like really works with him a lot and really helped him plan the trip and okay responsibility of it and then when he said he wanted to go on the price is right we thought you know they probably will pick him because he's so genuinely enthusiastic yeah they never thought that he would actually be able to do the the game part right. of it ace that game and had enough money to buy a car <laughs> wow ben that's really fascinating because i think a lot of people listening probably would be scared to travel by themselves me included i mean that's awesome. That's really great. Well, you're embracing life. And I feel like the thing too, is you're not, you know, you, you believe that things can happen because a lot of people would say like, Oh, I want to be on the Ellen show or I want to do this, but they're not taking steps forward to actually make that happen. So you are um, executing on that. I really and love that. You know, when I travel in airports or in the trains, like I went up to New York by myself. Mm -hmm. uh, let's, let's talk about the airport real quick. So um, there's a place called TSA cares and they go and somebody from security comes up and they help you go through the screening process of security yeah so that's available to anybody it's just called tsa cares and any kind of disability they can help you just to kind of navigate the airport i knew ben would be fine flying i knew he'd be fine in a hotel for me i was just fearful of place a to b because he couldn't get a car out there right and so you know he said well I'll just take ubers everywhere and then his brother showed him look if you take ubers you have two dollars a meal if you take right. the bus system, you have $25 a meal. So yeah. like, do you want to eat or do you want to ride an Uber? Yeah. You know, so there's, and you know, there's all those wonderful apps. You let me do Ubers a couple of times. Yeah. Well, there were certain places you had to use them, but it really taught him so many wonderful, wonderful skills. And he had a blast. The night I won on the prices right dancing, you can use an Uber tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, I love that. Can you tell us, because you kind of mentioned it, Ben, but um, what are you doing with the Eagles? Or I think maybe that's maybe that's where I saw you kind of pop up on my social media. But what so do I you do? I do game day staff and I walk around and talk to guests all day. I turn frowns and smiles. I give out cookie cutters and surprises. And I usually work the concerts too. So that's a, a job that he applied for. And it's a, a job that anybody can do that you yeah. wear the red jackets and you really help people find their way around. So he's employed by the Eagles. But mm. prior to that, um, Jeffrey Lurie, who owns the Eagles currently, yeah. <laughs> um, his brother has autism. And so he mm. wanted to take his platform and do something for autism. So they started the Eagles Autism Challenge. Foundation. And it's a foundation. foundation. Once a year, they do a 5K walk, run, or bike. Mm. And the Eagles players participate in that. It's a big mm. carnival event. And that all the money that they raise 
every single dollar goes to autism research. So there's no overhead because Jeff Lurie pays for that mm-hmm. part. Um, so every single dollar funds novel research for autism. So that was kind of our first connection. They also yeah. do something called Huddle Up for Autism. It's a kind of a carnival day that's sensory friendly for the kids. Mm-hmm. And so we've been really involved in that. So when we won our Super Bowl in what year? 2018. 20, 2018 mm-hmm. uh, they have a big party for the guys when they get their Super Bowl rings. They invited me. And the night before they called him up and said, we really love you to come carry the trophy in to start the ceremony. Like, I think we can make it. <laughs> um, let me see what's going on. I'll just clear my schedule. So tell her what happened to your heart rate. He had a 50 I went from 77 to 144. His heart rate <laughs> shot through the mirror. And then I um, met Jason Kelsey and I go up to him. I go, Kelsey, do you like work? He goes, oh, I do. I said, do you want to go to Dorney Park? I'm in. <laughs> and I got a cell number and my mom was like, I don't think it's going to happen. And we got on the uh, Ben Franklin Bridge. Uh-huh. I, thought, I said, Mom, I got to tell you, I did get Jason Kelsey's number. <laughs> come. And my dad was very shocked, wasn't I he? Yeah, And he did. He actually went to the to a, mu- a local amusement park with Ben for four hours. They rode roller coasters together. Oh, that's nice. Oh, so I love that. Experiences. So many things. I love it. So, Ben, can you talk to us kind of about your dreams for the future and, you know, how you plan to work for them, <laughs> towards them? My dream is to meet Jimmy Fallon. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping one day. Um, I'm hoping to meet the president. My dream is to meet Joe Biden. <laughs> That's his next, like, it, it, it doesn't matter who the president is, just he wants to meet the president of the United States. Yeah. Close. So uh, he had to work the Army Navy game with the Eagles. And usually the president attends that, but this oh. year, so the Secretary of the Navy came. <laughs> we were so close. <laughs> but I have no doubt. It's so I met the Secretary of the Navy. Should I tell what happened? No, that's no, right. no, that's okay. But you did get to meet the Secretary of the Navy and got a nice picture with him, too. So. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Love that. Well, it's been amazing to talk to both of you, Ben. I'm really proud of all the things that you're doing and just how you can just be a, a force for good and show other autistic adults that, you know, you can make your dreams come true. Traveling alone and having your own company and, you know, sharing the stat about how many autistic adults are, you know, not employed. And that's really sad. So I love all the great work that you're doing. Um, Where can people find out more about you and follow your journey? So, um, yeah, we have a website, benergy1.com, and maybe you can like post that up there. Yeah. And everything's on there. All Ben's social media links are on there. And then we did just write a book about Ben's life. It's also available on the website. So when he was three, I literally found him on my dining room table. He was stimming on the lights. And I said, oh my gosh, if I ever write a book, I'm going to call it Swinging from the Chandelier. Um, And then the other part is finding joy in the the journey journey through through autism autism. because you know, happiness is dependent on circumstances, but joy is, you know, in spite of circumstances. And he's brought us much joy throughout our life. And he's the best PR guy. Watch around. this. He here's the, here's the commercial for you. It's a great week for the holidays, for example. A great Easter basket. Great stocking stuffer for Christmas. Birthdays. It's a great week in the Bahamas or in the Caribbean on a cruise or in Florida or California. Buy it today. Benergy1.com. It's a, it's a good needs that in their life. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I love it. Well, thanks so much. It was really great to meet both of you. Thank you. Really appreciate Thank your time. You. Ah, so much fun. Thanks for listening to Autism Outreach. If you enjoyed the show today, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode full of actionable strategies you can use in your therapy room. Write a review too. That would mean so much to me. I always love hearing from you. Have a specific topic that you want included on a future show? 
Reach out over on Instagram, ABA Speech by Rose, or visit me at www.abaspeech.org.